This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. About a month ago, I was on the red carpet for the CMA Awards here in Nashville. So CMA is the Country Music Association. It's one of the big shows for singers and songwriters. So I was interviewing people on the red carpet for my work as a news anchor. You can check out everything on Instagram if you want to see what I wore. But I interviewed, gosh, like something like 17 people on the red carpet. And I found several of them that night saying the same thing. You know, they'd say, you know, this is the last big event of the season. We get to take a break until the new year. And every time someone said that, it struck me just more and more and more deeply because it felt to me like those people were speaking to me. (laughs) And I didn't realize this before I moved to Nashville. So you may not realize this either, but songwriters write literally every day. It is their job. So when you're signed to a publishing company, they expect you to show them something that you've written pretty much every day. So just like you and I go to an office, that's what these people do. But they go to co-writes with other singers and songwriters. So usually they're blocked off for like just one, two or three hour co-write in a day. They get together. They say, hey, what are you feeling right now? And then from that point on, they either start working through a melody that pops in their head or they start playing around with some lyrics or some emotion a a situation that somebody wants to talk about, and they just work through it. And by the end of that co-write, each person sends back a voice note or a video of what they've recorded to their boss, the publishing company. Basically, it's record of what they created in that two-hour span. And then they either finish it later or schedule another time to come back together with that other person. So that's how they do it. They're doing it all the time. So bottom line, they're required to turn out creative work all the time It is scheduled, and it's why you'll see, I mean, certainly around Nashville, you'll see writer's retreats in rural places or even tropical islands. I know a songwriter who does a a month-long residency in Key West, for example, and it's all to break through the monotony of creating in the same space day in and day out. It's a way to just change your surroundings. So as I kept hearing from people on the red carpet that night, you know, this is our last event, and then I just get to be with my family I could feel relief in their voices. And I had a realization that night. I needed that too. When I first started creating this, I was doing 30 and 40 hours a week of building a website, planning out episodes, major shoots, coming up with aesthetics, finding a shoot location, pinning down guests. And I was doing it all alone. It was a lot. And I was recently interviewed about the whole process on the Renaissance podcast. The episode just came out, and I put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. It's a good one to listen to because I don't really get an opportunity to talk about the time I spent building all of this and how it created such an imbalance in my body that it made me really sick. And in that podcast interview, I talk a lot about cultivating stillness and silence 
And how critical that's been for me as I heal from that series of hospitalizations in August. Again, that's a separate podcast, separate episode. I put a link to it in the show notes. So as I think about what some of those singers and songwriters were saying on the red carpet that night, this idea of allowing yourself a big break, half of November, all of December, and then sort of easing back into work in January, I was thinking to myself, wow. I totally see where they're coming from because, and this is my first point, creativity is sacred. When you create something, you tap into something beautiful that didn't otherwise exist without your inspiration. And when you create something, you basically pull it out of thin air. You connect with something that you saw or you felt or you heard inside, and then you bring it to life. Creativity is sacred because it comes from the heart of you. It comes from a place that no one knows but you. And it's certainly not in your head. I mean, sure, it may take rational thought to execute whatever you dream up, but the initial, the creation, the continued pursuit of this creative expression, that's from somewhere else. That's heart. That's soul. That's why it's sacred. It's said that Albert Einstein would just sit in his armchair and daydream. It's how he would dream up his incredible theories. And there's a great quote from him, too, that I love. He said, I never came upon any of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. I mean, that's Albert Einstein. (laughs) The man was a standalone genius. He shaped physics. And his revolutionary ideas changed science forever. Those started as sacred ideas that sprang from somewhere other than the rational mind. That's sacred. But to consistently tap sacred creativity, it requires time. And my dad's an architect. He has been for 40 years. He designs large homes. I'm talking between 9,000 and 20,000 square feet on average. So these are massive estate homes, mostly on the beach, very close to the water in South Carolina, where I'm from. And my dad has a lot of sayings. But for years, I've heard him say this one thing specifically about the creative process. He always says, good design takes time. When he designs a home, he has to live in it, in his mind. He has to intuitively feel the space, feel the ceiling height, feel the width of the hallway, feel the distance from one room to the next. And whenever he hits a snag or whenever something just doesn't seem to fit together, like, for example, the roof doesn't go on quite right in his plan, that's when he walks away. And I've watched him do it for years, which is my second point. Creativity, just like good design— takes time. To allow yourself the space for sacred creativity, you have to allow yourself the time necessary for the right direction to just sort of bubble up. Now, in my experience, forcing something that just ain't flowing is so counterproductive. You start traveling down a path that really only just wastes your time. So by taking time, by taking a walk, taking a nap maybe, By allowing yourself the space for the idea to just sort of like pop into your head, that's when you've allowed your sacred creativity the time necessary to come to the surface. I've often found when I have a problem I can't solve, the solution pops in at the most random times. And you might know what I'm talking about here, like when you're washing dishes, for example, or For me, like with season three, when I was walking down a long hallway at work and the sudden vision of what the season was going to be just popped into my head, like, bloop, there it is. And I remember thinking, wow, 
wow, I am staring at coffee-stained carpet, and I just got a stroke of genius. This is incredible. It reminds me that creativity is there. The answers are there. You have to allow yourself the time and space to access that. And if you think time away from the project is lost time, like you can't spend any time away from what you're working on, then you got it wrong. The time away is part of the creative process. It's how you allow it to come into its fullness. I think of it like having a baby. Gestation's nine months. It's an inner event for a long time before anybody else gets to take part in what you've created. So when someone would say, oh, Lauren, what'd you do today? You know, while I was pregnant, my response would always be, I made a baby today. What'd you do? (laughs) You know, I mean, creativity is the same way. Just because you're not spending active, rational thought time building your creation, it's like the inactive prep time when you're cooking. Things are happening or in pregnancy, things are growing in you. No one else sees it though. So maybe that looks like drinking milkshakes and watching TV, or maybe that looks like going for a walk or I don't know, making soap. That's my COVID hobby that I'm obsessed with. I still do it. I love it. I see all of that as part of the creative process. It's time away and you have to do it because the alternative is something that you want to avoid at all costs. Burnout. You really get into trouble when what once made you sore becomes a chore, meaning the thing that gave you wings, the thing that made you feel alive like you were living purpose and making a difference and creating something special. If that thing becomes a chore, man, you are in so much trouble. And that's my third point. Creativity dies with drudgery. You know what I'm talking about. You, you once really loved something. You committed to doing it all the time. You may have surrendered all boundaries to do it, but after a while, the deadlines and the schedule of constant creation, it just gets to you and you start thinking, oh my God, do I really have to do this again? How many more hours? I just want to leave. I can't wait to be done with this thing. Well, when you start feeling that way, all I can say is mayday, mayday, abort, abort. <laughs> this is how you burn out. It's how you get resentful. It's how you stop becoming the vessel for the creative work that was flowing through you. And I will say, of course, we all grow from the grind, but creativity isn't supposed to be a grind. Those two things don't coexist because when it's a grind, it stops being sacred. Now I'm about to get real woo-woo on you because if you're the vessel and you're always connected to your source, the divine energy that keeps you full and ready to pour should, in theory, never run out. You should never get tired or need a break. However, (laughs) that just isn't real life. I mean, I get tired, right? Like I need time with my family. Life happens. And I believe it happens because it's nature's way of getting us more in line with natural rhythms. Because in real life, like in nature, there are seasons. Flowers don't bloom year round. Birds don't sing every day. And that's my fourth point. There's a seasonality to creativity. There's an ebb and a flow. It's the dead of winter balanced by the life and vitality of spring. It's the fiery, energetic, creative mode that makes flowers burst open. And it's balanced right alongside with hibernation, shorter days, things going dormant. Now, you'll often see the conventional wisdom that trees are best planted in the fall. In the colder months, the tree looks totally spent because it has no leaves. You're like, oh God, this thing's going to die. 
But all the energy is happening underground. The cold air forces the tree to grow deeper and deeper roots to stay stable and strong. And that way, when the spring comes, it's ready to grow because it has a healthy foundation and a really strong root system that it developed while you thought it was dying. It's all seasonal in nature. But for some reason, we don't think, we humans, we don't think that seasonality applies to us. We work 52 weeks a year, maybe with two weeks vacation plus holidays. We do the same thing over and over, day in and day out. We expect it to be spring and summer all year long, and we think we're going to feel energized and alive all the time working like that. Now, just take a step back for a minute. Where in nature does that happen? I mean, really? Flowers don't bloom all the time. Birds don't sing all the time. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. But when we live life like that, thinking there's eternal spring and summer, like everything's just going to bloom forth, we're pretending that our creative winter doesn't also exist. There's seasonality to all of it. There's stages. I mean, think of your creativity like that tree that was planted in the fall, like the conventional wisdom says. When you hit winter, you're not focusing on putting out leaves or making fruit. Your roots are going down, all right? Like down, down, down. You're getting so strong below the surface so you can bust out as soon as the weather turns. You know, the sun's shining, the days get longer, it gets warmer, and you're like, here's my leaves. So if you're the tree, your creativity should be the outward expression of something that started internally. So the health of your leaves, the health of your bark and your fruit That's all dependent on whether you did the inner work in the winter. You see where I'm going with this? Because it's like your creativity comes forth in the spring. You took your winter or your rest to grow stronger. And this whole concept is something I've been thinking a lot about lately, the seasonality of creativity. So when those artists on the red carpet were telling me how they take time off at the end of the year, how they set the boundary, I was like, wow. I'm witnessing seasonality in action. It's what cemented for me something that I, myself, Lauren Lowry, need to do, which is explore the seasonality in my own creative work. And let's face it, as a mom, I don't get seasons. I have to be there for my kids all the time. And also in my work as a full-time news anchor, I don't get seasons there either. I get my vacation days. But day after day, week after week, I have a contractual obligation to anchor the evening news. But with Amstigator, I'm the boss, you know? I mean, this podcast is my creative expression. And if I don't observe my creative winter, I won't be ready to take this podcast, this community, this movement into the next phase. I have to honor those rhythms. And that means I also need to honor my creative winter. I need to hibernate. I need to go dormant. I need to grow roots even deeper to make this effort stronger. So I've decided to take the next couple of months off from Amstigator. (laughs) It's funny because it's something I love to do. I mean, I love this podcast, but I want to keep it that way. I realize how sacred it is that I can create this for you every week. I honor the time it's taken me to do it. I honor your time, the time you take every week to listen to it. And I want to avoid at all costs it becoming a drudgery or a chore. So I have to make it seasonal for myself. And in a way, 
I mean, it's kind of like taking a sabbatical. But most people take sabbaticals away from normal life to pursue something creative. I'm actually doing the opposite. I'm taking time away from my creativity to just relax into normal life, relax into the routines of my family and the fun of the upcoming holidays. And there's actually a good deal of research on this subject, by the way, showing that even brief diversions from a task really can improve your ability to focus. The overall results improved mental health, uh, improved overall well-being, increased creativity as well. So again, think of the tree. The tree needs winter to grow stronger, to reach its roots deeper, and then it can reemerge in the spring to sort of like show off, right? It's like, here I am. So if you've been feeling lately like, golly, I need to take a break, even from the things that you might love, well, this episode is dropping into your awareness at just the right time. And I have a few pointers for you to be able to take that break that you've been craving. So first of all, we've got four points here. Number one, you got to define it. Really pinpoint what needs a winter. Write down all the areas that are pleading with you right now. Is it some effort that you've been working toward? Is it something you've been trying to force that just really isn't coming together? And you're like, golly, I got to step away. You need to listen to that. And next, number two, make a plan. How are you going to take a break from this thing? What are you going to do and not do in your time away? What's begging your attention right now? And then how long will you be addressing that? How long will your break be? Is it two hours every week? Is it stepping away for a month or more? You got to make a plan for it. Thirdly, tell people what you're doing. Just inform people. People need to know that you're taking a break from something less for their sake and more for yours. And here's why. There is real power in saying things out loud, in hearing yourself say something. I think we get so used to hearing our own thoughts that we don't even realize the power in hearing our voice. There's actually a lot of research about this, that hearing yourself say something, like out loud, say it. It's really powerful for your subconscious. So when you say to your friend, I'm exploring the seasonality of creativity. I'm taking six weeks off. The more you say it, the more it becomes true. I mean, you start to live it. You feel it. And it's the truth for you. And then you start to trust the direction you're taking more and more. Plus, I just think saying something out loud is claiming it. So for me, telling you about my impending break that starts immediately after this episode goes live, it's the reminder to me of what I've committed to. And then lastly, my final point about how to take your creative winter, be open to whatever happens during your winter. Although we look around and we say, well, nature's sleeping in the winter. We know plants and animals are regenerating in that time. We know they are. There's an entire season <laughs> dedicated to rest. And yet we don't dedicate any time to our own rest and regeneration. So what would even happen if you did that for yourself? You don't know because you've never done it, right? Like you've never taken a whole season of regeneration. What would happen if you're like, hey, I'm going to take winter. Winter's going to be winter, true, full-on winter. I'm going to respect that. I've taken two different quote-unquote 
breaks. I don't know if I'd call them full-on winters, but they are breaks. They were dedicated breaks, and I've done those in the last two years. The first one started at the beginning of 2021. I was done having babies, so I called 2021. I was like, this is the year of Lauren, and I did all sorts of self-care stuff. Everything was dedicated to my personal growth, um, my well-being, I mean, all of it. And you know what came out of that, 2021, that kind of like break? Amstigator. Amstigator is what came out of it. So I'm like, wow, breaks are really powerful for me. So then in August of 2022, while I was supposed to be taking a break between the production of season two and season three, I got really sick and had that life-changing series of hospitalizations. Even my husband told me just a couple of days ago, he's like, you're different now. You came home a different person. I mean, he's right. I'm more grounded. I'm more compassionate. I'm more focused. I'm more loving. I'm more stable. August of 2022 was supposed to be a four-week break for me. I could have never imagined how extensively my life was about to change in that time. So I'm entering this break, my real winter, with open palms, accepting whatever's coming my way. And there are things I want to do during these next two months. Like I want to get my taxes done early. I want to make my soap, you know, my lingering COVID hobby that I'm so obsessed with. I want to be able to enjoy the holidays without thinking about deadlines. So I'm just going to do it. There are also things I'm not going to do. I'm not forcing any creation with Amstigator unless I feel pulled to do it. I'm giving myself permission to just take a break. And I hope that me being honest about this gives you permission to do the exact same thing. Because, girl, you deserve it. Now, if you're looking for me over these next few weeks, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to lauren at amstigator.com. You can always sign up for my emails because that's how I'm actually going to let you know when I'm back in creation mode, when I'm shooting episodes again in the new year, and then what to expect from me, like when it's all going to drop. That's all going to come through email. So that's why I want you to sign up there. And again, it's how we can stay in contact during the winter season. For now, though, please excuse me while I hibernate. As you go through this winter season, I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. Amstigator.